Welcome to the Palm Harvest Podcast. We are a community in Costa Mesa, California. To know more about us, visit our website, palmharvest.com. To follow along with today's message, download the Palm Harvest app and click on Sermon Notes. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Palmaris broadcast. I'm Pastor Mike, and I'm super glad that you've decided to join me today and the rest of the Palm Harvest crew all across the nation. Wherever you might be tuning in from, today God has got something for you. As most of you know, we have been in this series out of Romans. We're just starting in, in this book. It's an interesting book out of the Bible where this guy by the name of Paul, who is like this older Christian, is serving as a coach, if you will, like to an athlete, where he is giving instruction to these new believers, these new followers of Jesus, these Christians who are living in the city of Rome. Now it's important to understand that this audience to whom Paul is writing are Jewish. And if you know anything about the Jewish people, you know that they had a bit of a superior, superiority uh, complex in the sense that they thought that they were top dog and everybody else was less than. Now, before we get too critical of the Jewish people, I think it's important for also for us to understand that in many cases, you and I too fall prey to a kind of a superiority, I'm better than you attitude. I know that I do. Many of you uh, know that my mom is Canadian and I don't know if it's because she's Canadian that I'm so uh, pro-American but uh, I know that I have a little bit of USA, USA in me. In fact if I were to show you my t-shirt here, in fact let me just show you, I got my USA t-shirt to just to showboat my pride in, in our country. USA top dog. You know, I know that many of you tuning in today are moms. I would venture to say that you would do just about anything for your child. Is that true? You know, your kid, you know your child has uh, weaknesses, you know your child has faults, and yet uh, if I were to criticize your your son or daughter, uh, you would go to the mat for them, you would defend them, you would you would protect them, and, and you're okay with that. You would say, yep, Mike, I agree that I have a little bit of a, a superiority uh, when it comes to attitude, when it comes to my kids. Now the Jewish people, as, as most of you know, and I want you to look for this in the verses that we're going to look at today is they consider themselves superior to others because of their ability to keep the law. The law, as uh, you might know, was a list of rules that, that God had set up for the people to follow, the Ten Commandments, for example. And so they would really sort of look down upon those people who didn't live according to the standards of the law. They considered them less than. And what Paul wanted to remind his Jewish Christian readers, which we're about to see here in our text today, is the fact that God's not impressed by our good deeds, but rather God is most impressed by our faith. In fact, the big idea that we're going to talk about today is God is not wooed by my good deeds, 
God is not like just like, oh, I think you're such so wonderful by my good deeds, but rather what God is impressed with is, is, my, is when I exercise, exercise faith. Verses today come from Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Romans chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, this is what we read. It says, Abraham was the founder of our Jewish nation, humanly speaking. So what did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about, but that was not God's way. So again, Paul was saying God is not impressed by Abraham's good deeds. So what's God impressed with? He said, for God's ways, the scriptures tell us that Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. God counted Abraham as righteous because of his faith. Do you all remember who Abraham was? Abraham took this step of faith. He left behind sort of his security, his canoe, which we're going to talk about today. He left behind his security in order to follow God's invitation. Now here's what I love about Abraham. Do y'all know who Abraham's, the name of Abraham's dad? Abraham's dad, we're told in Genesis chapter 11, was Terah, T-E-R-A-H, Terah. And I want you to listen or follow, look with me at what verse 31 says. It says, one day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarah, which was Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans, he was headed to the land of Canaan. Get this, he was led to the can land of Canaan. He was headed for Canaan, but he settled in Haran. And some of you have heard me talk about this before. But for whatever reason, Terah settled. For whatever reason, Terah stopped short of this, this assignment, this kingdom assignment to go to the land of Canaan, which Moses later tells us was this land flowing with milk and honey, the nation of Israel as we know it today. There were 10 generations that separated Abraham from Noah. Y'all remember who Noah was? Noah was the guy who built the boat and the flood came and, and God used Noah to you know, create a new generation. So Terah was his dad, and then you had nine other men, great, 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 great grandfather. So Noah was Abraham's great, 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 great grandfather. Now here's what's interesting. Abraham was 59 years old, one year older than me right now. Abraham was 59 years old when Noah died. Think about that. At 59 years old, Noah, was still living and so I want to suggest that there were probably many campfires that Abraham and Noah sat around where Noah told the story of the faith it took to build this big boat out of obedience to God's call in his life. Now we're told here in Genesis chapter 12 that at the age of 75 years old, 16 years later, 16 years after Noah's death, God gives Abraham a similar assignment to leave everything he knows behind, to leave all of his security, his family, the things that made him feel comfortable, and go to a land, the Bible says, that God would show him. Go into the land of Canaan, 
which eventually he turns into the nation of Israel. So now let's go back to Romans chapter 4, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump in here. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Okay, most of you have a job that you work at, and you have this, this basically this agreement with your employer that I will give you a certain amount of my time, a certain amount of my expertise, a certain amount of my skill in exchange for, you fill in the blank. I'll, get, I'll come to the, my, this workplace and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my time and my energy in exchange for maybe a place, a desk to sit at and, and to do the work. Maybe in exchange for a wage, some money that will allow me to put gas in my car or food in my fridge or clothes, new clothes in my closet. I will give you this in exchange for that. Are you with me? And then if he goes to verse 5, and this is really important, he says, but people are counted as righteous, which is what we're talking about today, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God. Friends, God is not impressed by my good deeds, but rather he's impressed by my, my faith. God is not persuaded, he's not flattered by how I live my life necessarily, by the good things that I do, but rather Paul wants us to remember that God is impressed by our faith. God loves you and he loves me because of faith, because of his son Jesus. Let me give you a practical, practical example. This friend called me and, 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 and said, hey Mike, can we have a FaceTime conversation? I said, sure, and, and on this FaceTime video conversation, he, he was with his, his mom. And together we started talking about what's involved for a person to get to heaven. And, and, and God just put this illustration in my mind that, that I've never really used before, but it, it was, became so clear to me. And, and so I said to her, I said, you and I, this is, so for the most part, this is the first time that we have ever met. Yes, it's the first time we've ever really, really sort of had a conversation. And I told her, I said, what would the chances be if I showed up prior to this conversation today, if I showed up at your house, knocked on your front door, you opened it, saw me, and then what are the odds that you would let me into your house if I said, hey, can I come in? I said, I submit, you probably would not let me come in, right? And she said, right. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, because I don't know you. And I said, exactly. I said, but if I show up at your house, I knock on your door, you open the door, and I ask if I can come into your house, but this time I'm standing next to your son, what might your response be? And she said, I probably would let you in. I said, right, why? Not because you know me, but because you know your son, because you have a relationship with your son, because you trust your son. I said, when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. If I'm standing with his son, he's going to say, come on in, into heaven. And it's not because of the good deeds that we do, although that's important. More importantly, it's because of who we're with. And if I know Jesus, if I'm, if I'm with God's son, he will say, come on in to my heaven. So this friend, this Facebook Palm Harvest friend, turned to his mom and says, mom, you know, what do you think? And this was her response. Super simple. Looking at me in the camera, she said, I put my faith, I place my faith in Jesus. That's how she responded. 
I place my faith in Jesus. Boom! Nothing complicated, super simple. I place my faith in Jesus and in that moment, she was declaring her faith in God's son Jesus and I suggest to you, she, was, she got saved. You know, yes, God wants me to live a lifestyle with good deeds. He does want me to be generous, as I've talked about already. He does, he does desire for me to love my neighbor as myself. He does want me to grow in increasing capacity to love him and to love you. But those things are not going to earn my way into heaven. Paul says, God's not wooed by my good deeds, but rather God is interested and most impressed by my faith, by my relationship with his son, Jesus. Is Jesus your friend? Let's read out these verses and then I'm going to close with one final story. Romans chapter 4, skip down to verse 12. This is what Paul writes. It says, Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, which was the law, the keeping of the law, but only if they had the same kind of faith that Abraham before he was circumcised. What I want you to understand is, you know, the Jews make a big deal about the law about following the law, but the great thing about Abraham's relationship with God is God made this promise to Abraham long before the law was ever created. In fact, did you know that God made this promise to make Abraham into this great nation 14 years before Abraham was ever circumcised? Which reinforces this truth that Paul was trying to make is that God is impressed not by my good deeds, not by, by my ability to keep the law, which was important to, again, to his Roman Christian, Jewish Christian readers, but God is most impressed by his faith. And so he says, verse 13, he said, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. Verse 16, the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it, all certain to receive it. We are all certain to receive it, he says, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham, for Abraham, is the father of all who believe. Church, do you know God's son? Have you placed your faith like my friend's mother in Jesus? If not, I hope you will. Let me close with this final illustration. Jefferson, United States President, had this desire to see commerce kind of be extended throughout the nation. And so President Jefferson, in 1803, he, he organized this, this band of explorers led by two guys by the name of Lewis and Clark to lead what, what was termed this, this core of discovery. You know, similar to when we send a, a astronauts to the, to the moon, we'll give them a title for the name of this, their, you know, entourage, and he called this expedition the Corps of Discovery. And so in 1804, 
as they were getting set to, to leave on this excursion to, to, again, to try to explore ways to increase communications for the hope of, you know, expanding commerce in the United States, President Jefferson gave them this intel that basically said, listen, guys, when you get to, to Colorado, when you get to kind of the middle of, of our nation, you're going to run into this this really big river, this great river, which is called the Colorado River, which we know today. And he said, when you get in it, you're going to need these canoes and they will help you get to the Pacific Ocean and then help you in your endeavor to kind of learn and scope out the land. So under Lewis and Clark's uh, leadership they, and this, this, this core of, of discovery, they left out of St. Louis, out of uh, Camp Du Bois, also known as Camp Wood. They got in their boats. They got on the St. You know, Louis, kind of the Missouri River. They made their way through the Midwest until they eventually landed in, in Mandan, North Dakota. It is is known for the Lakota Nation. The Lakota, uh, who Americans also have called the Sioux Indians, is, is sort of their home base. And so Lewis and Clark, they're, they're now in Mandan, North Dakota. They're getting supplies for this excursion as they're making their way toward Colorado. And they began to trade with sort of the traders there at the post. Well, one of the, one of the traders they came in contact with had a, an Indian wife. In fact, he had four Indian wives, but this one of the Indians, her name was Sakakawea. And for those of you who are from North Dakota, you're probably very familiar with Sakakawea. Sakakawea, just a little trivia, was this Indian. She had uh, came out of Idaho. She had been um, sort of kidnapped in this Indian raid. She becomes this wife of this, this tradesman. And while Lewis and Clark are at this post in Mandan, uh, North, North Dakota, they realize that Sakakawea actually understands what's known as the rattlesnake uh, language. And so they invite her, along with a few others from the Lakota Nation, to join this expedition that President Jefferson sends them on. Okay, fast forward. So now they've got this band of, of troops. They're in their, they're making their way into Colorado, but by this time it's winter. And if you've ever spent any time in Colorado in winter, you know a couple things. One, it's cold. Two, the altitude is super high. And so what that suggests is snow. These adventurers, they run into all kinds of snow. They have yet, basically they ran into the Rocky Mountains. No one told them about the Rocky Mountains. So now they're up against this Rocky Mountains. They're in the middle of winter. They're trying to, to basically survive and they come to this decision. Because it's winter, they can't ride in their canoes. And so everywhere they go, they're trepsing through the snow with these canoes, and they come to the point, they say, if we want to survive, if we have a chance of survival and finishing this expedition that the president has put us on, we need to decide whether we're gonna stay canoers or if we're gonna become adventurers. Canoers or adventurers? Well, back then, everybody voted, and so the historians tell us that this tribe of explorers basically came to a vote, and they decided to ditch the canoes. They decided to become adventurers. Now, here's the point of my story. Church, because of COVID, the church, Big C, as we know it, is up against the Rocky Mountains. We are facing the decision, do we want to stay canoers 
or do we want to step into the unknown in faith and become adventurers? Do we want to abandon the thing that's brought palm harvest to where we are today, these canoes, and become adventurers? Or do we want to sit in the canoes, hoping that things will change, hoping that things will go back to the way that they were? My hunch is that things are never going to go back to the way they were. My hunch is that the masks like this are going to be forever a part of people's daily life. So the question for you and the question for me is, are you going to stay a canoer or are you going to become an adventurer? You know what decision I've made, don't you? You know, when I survey Palm Harvest Church, I think that God has given us our own Sakakawea. Sakakawea, remember, this was this Indian that helped guide Lewis and Clark through their expedition to help them survive the winter, to help them navigate sort of the, the tribes, the Indian tribes that they would encounter along the way. I think at Palm Harvest Church, friends, I think Sakakawea, our Sakakawea, is Beto Gudino. Beto Gudino is the guy who's behind the camera right now. And if you know anything about Beto, Beto has a bit of a futuristic uh, perspective. He has this ability to kind of look, look beyond the headlights, if so to speak. I think God has brought Beto to be a part of our Palm Harvest team, to join our, the lead team, our elders and our trustees, and, and, the, and to you and me as we try to sense how are we going to navigate these rocky mountains that we are now in. And we have to move forward into the unknown, much like Abraham did. Why? Because God is impressed by our faith. So what does that mean for you and for me? Well, it means that we're going to have to, as, as, as Beto would put it, we need to step more into the digital, like this, while keeping a foot in the, in the physical. You know, I, I, I ask many of you every week that I see you, are you watching online on Sundays? And you know what, what response I get? Uh, no. Some of you are watching today's broadcast at, on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., whatever your central, whatever your you know, time zone is. But many of you are watching on Tuesday afternoons. Some of you are watching on Thursday nights. Some of you are watching from your, the comfort of your home. Others of you are watching from your digital advice. Some of you are even just listening to this broadcast verbally through your ears as you're driving in your car from place A to place B. Why? Because the digital world, the Rocky Mountains, has changed us. When I talk to many of you, you say, Mike, I'm not sure I'm ever going to come back. And I just want to say to you, that's okay. I know when I talk to many of you, you say, I kind of like staying at home on Sunday mornings and, and having my coffee and, 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 and engaging God's Word like we did today. And then moving on. And I, I, I say, that's okay. That's the mindset of an adventurer. You're in this new rhythm and we're all developing these new rhythms. But friends, we need to also keep a foot in the physical, which means we're going to continue to have the third Sunday of the month, a brunch. In fact, next Sunday we'll have our brunch where we'll gather together physically at 10 a.m. in someone's home and we'll share food together and Beto and David and others will have their guitars and we'll sing and worship and lift our voices to our Creator God and I'll bring maybe a short devotional for you to consider. We're going to continue to have physical Bible studies. I'm a part of several every week, but we're also going to push, push more and more into the unknown like this. We're moving out of the sanctuary, so to speak. And Beto's forcing me to step out of my own comfort zone, to get out of the canoe, to come out and, and to talk to you in a place like this down in Newport Beach.
adventurers. Woo! Stretching. Pushing us out of our comfort zone. That's what the Rocky Mountains, that's what COVID does to all of us. So listen, let me reiterate. The Bible is our roadmap, and we're not gonna move away from the Bible. We're just gonna try to get more creative in how we share the Bible with others. You know, our mission is still the same. We wanna bring Jesus to people. We want people to have a relationship with Christ. Why? Because it's His Son. It's because of Jesus that we're gonna find our way into heaven. It's because of Jesus that our lives are gonna be changed and transformed into better people better lovers of God and lovers of men. We just gotta get creative in how to share God's word with others. So here's my invitation for you today. Would you consider doing this one thing? Would you consider becoming a subscriber of our YouTube channel? Now I, I recognize that some of you are watching this broadcast on Facebook and others of you are tuning in through Roku. Some of you are watching this maybe on your computer through our Palm Harvest website. And others of you might be actually tuning in through, through uh, YouTube. But here's why I want and invite you to consider subscribing to YouTube, whether you watch it or not. If we can get 100 subscribers to our YouTube channel, that gives us some creativity. It gives us some privileges that we, right now we just don't have. And so in our desire to, to create a message, to get God's Word out in, in new and, and, and compelling ways, by having 100 subscribers to our YouTube channel gives Beto and his, his, his team just tremendous freedoms. And so if you feel like saying, yeah, Mike, I'm in. I'm, I'm in for the journey. Obviously, you're tuning in today, so that tells me you're already in. And if it's your desire to help us as a church family get the good news of Jesus Christ out in, in creative ways in this new world as, we, as we're pushing over the Rocky Mountains, would you simply subscribe to, to the YouTube channel? Faith and law, faith and law, there's always that tension, work and faith. And so my question to you as I end this, this conversation is where might God be inviting you to take a step of faith? Maybe you're stuck in the canoe. Maybe you find yourself fearful and overwhelmed by what's happening around you with COVID and everything you're reading about. Friends, don't give in to fear. Lean into God with faith. Trust Him. He's got you. God loves you and He is for you and He is with you. Will you step away from the boat? And will you step into the land of adventure? Let's pray together right now, and let's just ask God for strength and courage to do that. So Heavenly Father, as we gather together all across the nation, tuning into this wonderful message of Abraham being a man who was driven by faith, not necessarily the law. God, I want to be driven, my life to be driven by faith too. And so for those who might be tuning in today who are fearful and are clinging to the, the canoe, even though they're surrounded by, 
lots of snow. Father, just put in their heart a sense of peace and security, knowing that you are with them and that you've got them. And as they step out in faith, that you will care for them the way a mother cares for her child. Lord, bless those tuning in today. Give them incredible passion for your word and passion for those around them who are lost. And help us all, God, to live by faith, not by fear. Help us to be adventurers, not canoers. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Palm Harvest podcast. We would love to get to know you. So download the Palm Harvest app for free and fill out our connection card. Your continued support helps us spread hope around the world. You can also give in our app and find out more about our community.